Welcome to the Latte and Foam podcast, hosted by Kayla and Yana, owners of Lovely Ink Otome Games, helping you to fall in love your way. To support our vision for a more interactive and customizable experience with Otome Games, check out our Ko-Fi account at www.ko-fi.com slash lovelyink underscore Otome. That's ko-fi.com slash L-O-V-E-L-Y I-N-C underscore O-T-O-M-E ko-fi.com forward slash lovelyink underscore Otome. This podcast was originally recorded in video format on YouTube. Visit youtube.com forward slash at latte and foam or check the show notes for a direct link to get the video experience. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the latte and foam podcast. It's Kayla and Yana. And yeah, so this is, we're going to be talking about some interesting new topics that have been arising in the Otome community talking about the new game, The Zoom, that's out from Chariots. It's been their first game in so many years. We'll be addressing and talking about some things we found on the uh, Twitter space uh, regarding the new game, Arcon. It's a Korean game. And we will also be talking about the scandalous P-Cube and some of the things that have been arising there. So we're super excited to get into it. Yes, today is the news episode, and then we'll also do a little segment at the end where we talk about what we're currently playing to fill out this podcast. Um, But yeah, kicking it off with our first topic, our first Otome news topic is a new mobile Otome game that came out called Arcana Twilight. Let me just pull up their little description. It's by Story Taco Inc. And it says, let's connect the stars together. Meet the charming sorcerers in the mesmerizing place of Arcana Twilight. So it's kind of about being in a school-like setting and all the love interests are sorcerers. Now, what has been newsworthy about this game's release is the fact that their UI looks literally identical to Obey Me, a very, very popular, probably the most popular to date, gotcha style Otome game on the market. And there's an entire Twitter thread, which we're gonna put on the screen. And I'm actually gonna screen share with Jan because you'll notice we're actually in two different locations this time. This is our first like remote podcast. She's in San Fran and I am in Phoenix. Um, but let me screen share so she can see too and kind of comment on this because this thread is crazy. <laughs> it literally breaks down every single menu. So let me proceed. Yeah, we, you actually found it too by like, you would just, I think you sent it to me and it was this like random thing. And I was, and you kept saying like, doesn't it look familiar? And then you'd sent me like their Twitter and I was like, I have no idea what this is, but I've seen it before. It made me think of, um, Starcross Myth. That's what yes. I first originally thought. And that's what we were originally going off of. And then some other stuff came about. And so, yeah. I'll let so you. before this even happened, I remember clocking it for the Obey Me thing, not seeing the menus, but just their Instagram. Cause they had like the sheep. And they had like the outfits. Oh yeah. And I was sending you screenshots and you were like, yeah. And you're like, it also makes me think of Starcross Smith. And we were just kind of like, what's the game gonna be like? It finally dropped. And then this huge like Korean thread came out, which even though we can't speak Korean, the images speak for themselves. So I'm just gonna pull one up, the first one here. So this is Arcana. And this is Obey Me. Like, dude. Spot the difference. What is the difference? <laughs> Have you seen? <laughs> have you seen that meme where it's like these are the same pictures like that's the vibe that i got it's definitely it's that meme it's I... all the spider-mans pointing at each other meme um let's go through a few yeah. more just so you can see so here's obey me here's arcana like the stars the little icons the twofold it's the same 
Yeah, you can't even say, like, this is heavily inspired. This is directly, like, they clearly took Obey Me and then just put different characters in and changed, like, a few things. And that's super ridiculous. It's literally the same UI. Like, they have the same size, like, GIFs and chat things you can use. It's... Oh, no. Literally so bad. I'm going to keep going through them so we can just, like... And I'll have them on the screen for you guys. There's, like, the little storybook so you can read through it. And there's books as well um, for Obey Me here. And then, You can't even tell which one is which sometimes. Like, I'm not sure which is Obey Me and which is Arcana, and that's scary. Me I'm either. Sorry. Literally, it's so similar. Let me go to... I think there's one more. Oh, there's two more. They literally clocked them for every single screen. It's like when you get a gotcha. I mean... It's so similar. Yeah, and the thread that you're like you're showing, it was basically fans obviously and understandably, you know, outraged. Because again, not that things obviously can't you know overlap, but you had kind of made a good point, and I'll let you to obviously elaborate because I don't want to mince your words. You were saying like, it's one thing to be like inspired, but like as a fan of or a fandom of any game, when you see something like this blatant, almost thieving kind of thing, you you get upset. Yeah. So I. I don't have like a super strong opinion on it. I, well, I do kind of as a developer. As a developer, I don't like it. I'm not an Obey Me fan though, because a lot of Obey Me fans are mad because they're like, you just copied the game. But the question that I would pose to you guys is, do you think it's okay to copy something once it's popular enough? Because obviously whenever it's an indie game, people are always like, why are you stealing from them? Like they haven't even made it yet. 100% agree with that. I even agree that no matter how big you are, like I don't want to influence your guys' opinion, but just because it's massive, Obamey's making millions of dollars a month, is it okay then for copycats to come along and kind of ride the coattails? Yeah, and I know that there's things that like there are like a different version of things like that, and I understand that, but I feel like, yeah, from a developer's perspective, I just think that this is just lazy. It's not even the fact that you took the concept and maybe made it your own. Like, that's its own thing. Like, there's a bunch of Edo period games. There are Mafia games. Like, those are things that have, obviously it's not just... Obey Me doesn't own vampires and whatever. But there's a very blatant just laziness of it because it doesn't seem like you put into that much creativity. And I haven't played the game, so... And I'm not planning to. I just... From even just an aesthetic perspective, it's like... I feel like that is kind of a slap in the face. Yeah, because we've played neither game. We know Obey Me is like the demon vibe and this is a sorcerer vibe. So it's kind of like the under realm and then like the heaven realm of the same thing. Like the Department of Punishments versus the Department of Wishes we kind of compared it to. But when you think of like other games, so like here's a good comparison to games that obviously have similar UIs, but totally different concepts and there's no confusion. Tears of Themis and Mr. Love are this a very similar UI style. They're vertical, right? That's vertical, not horizontal. Yeah. <laughs> vertical. <laughs> vertical. They, you know, they have the like three star things is not new. A3 has done that. A lot of games, mobile games have done that. Um, so that's not unique in any way, but you know when you're in Mr. Love and then you definitely know the difference between, you know, Tears of Themis. There's no confusion. They're completely separate. Um, another comparison that I would say, what I think you had brought it up. I don't know. There's like a game, there's, several games out there that it's just they're very clearly clearly different um it literally looks like story taco which again the developer story taco aren't small either they're smaller but they produce tons of games they they produce like american style apps they basically just hop on whatever's popular and try to make as much money as they can that's the kind of company that they appear to be to me 
And it seems like they said, look, Obey Me's really popular, and they literally just took screenshots of every image, sent it to a developer that they outsourced, and were like, make me the same thing. And that's literally what they got, whereas we had compared it to Twisted Wonderland, which we also believe only came about due to the success of Obey Me, because Disney's that kind of company. They're going to want to make money wherever they can. They saw the success of Obey Me, and they said, Let, but they said, let's make it our own. And that's what bothers me about what Story Taco did here. And again, you can definitely take con- conceptual things, but you know, it needs to be more uniquely your own. It just didn't come across. It came off very unauthentic. The color scheme, the all of that, again, you can be heavily inspired. A good example of this is um, out there. It's the game called Yakuza. They directly said that they took controls and things from Persona 5, giving the credit where credits clearly do. And it just seems very fake and inauthentic. And it just is like, to me personally, it's going to get no play out of me. I'm not going to play a game that clearly is stealing content. Like, that's what it looks like. And a lot of people are just like, oh, it's another game just like this, which we'll get into the Zoom a little bit later. Obviously, the Zoom is not stealing from itself because, like, Mystic Messenger is the same. But we do see this a lot where it's like when somebody loves a concept, they are going to want to do it. They like the fact that you had those interactive texts and things with Mystic Messenger, even though the Zoom is generally perceived to be not as good, people are still eating it up and buying it, even though it's maybe not worth it, the money. And I think that's what's happening with Arcana. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like Gotcha already is just kind of just not technically, in my opinion, worth it. Nothing wrong with that if you play it and you, you like the cards, I just feel like you should definitely get more for what you're spending. But if that's your style of game or you like that you get a lot more content in the photos, that's totally, I, I completely understand that. It's just not something that you know, Kaylin, I would do. Um, speaking of kind of just not paying for obviously not the greatest example of companies, and let's move it into our next topic, unless you have more to add. Um, the last thing I want to add before you um, go to the next topic is just the fact that we're calling it Otome, because I know a lot of people are like, no, it's Jose Mike. Hey, it's Kayla from the future here. I don't think I explained my point that well here, so I'm just re-recording it. I wanted to mention why we consider Arcana and Obey Me as Otome games, since it's sort of a contentious point within the Western Otome community. Reason being is Otome literally translates to maiden in Japanese, and as such, in Japan, as far as I can tell, that means anything targeted towards a feminine audience is Otome. As proof, you can see here on this Japanese website, archiving DS games categorized as Otome, any game that a girl or feminine person might like is on the list, even fashion games, which doesn't even have romance. I think Otome is a great all-encompassing term, and things can get even more specific from there, like High School Love Simulator, which is used to describe Tokimeki Girl Side, or Jose Muke Adventure for a game like Hakuoki. Anyways, that's all I wanted to say. Back to the video. <laughs> all right. So if you have been on Twitter, if you've been, um, or if you purchased last year the game Busta Fellows and there was an announcement of a season two, Busta Fellows did really, really well. But attributing to their success was actually their publishing team in the on the Western market, which was P-Cube. They were blowing up. The, the game did really, really well here in the Western market. That's why they got the second, you know, season of the game, or I guess if you want to say a second game. Either way, um, however... Recently, and as Kayla and I have even looked for publishers ourselves, we saw some concerning 
tweets and um, I'll definitely share my screen. We were scrolling, I was scrolling on Twitter a couple weeks ago, or I think it was maybe two weeks ago, I can't remember. However, I saw this tweet come up and it's an image, it's from um, Toge Productions. It's an indie developing company. And basically they've been in production making a game called A Space for the Unbound. Post it up, you can pause it. It's just saying, we're sad to announce that we'll be delaying the release of A Space for the Unbound until further notice. Earlier this year, we discovered that PQ Games, a UK based publisher and just deposits actually based in Asia as well. Um, the UK probably does the Western marketing and the Western publishing. And um, I'll kind of get into a little bit of like that splitting up because we have talked about it previously in another video when you hire publishing in the Western market market and European market, you have to actually hire a completely separate team can do all that marketing side for you. Um, but anyway, so the team was left feeling manipulated and exploited and they actually had to terminate the agreement with them um, at the height of the pandemic and back in 2020. PQ Games used our position, it says, our heritage and our developing from Indonesia to obtain a diversity fund and it was a grant fund intended to help underrepresented game developers, especially during the pandemic. However, instead of giving said funds to the developers as the grant was intended, PQ intentionally withheld information about the grant and used it as leverage for their own commercial gain. And rather than paying the grant money to the developers, PQ Games hid the facts about the grant's award and it added it to its recoupable minimum guarantee and then used it to negotiate the increase of their revenue share. They have only uncovered the true amount of these funds and intended purposes back in March of this year, earlier this year, so March 2022. And they are, of course, upset about this. Um, so yeah, you can pause and read more about that. They've been working on this game for seven years and to be taken advantage, obviously, in such a way would be devastating. I can't even imagine my, like, you know, life's work, any work that I've done, especially for that extensive amount of time to be taken advantage of. I also want to say just on that previous one, um, I know they're a small team from Indonesia and their game is about a boy in Indonesia and it's set in the 90s and it kind of has a really cool vibe to it. Um, and I'm just so disappointed to hear that because it sounds like something that would sadly be commonplace where company owners are like, oh, we have this like group of people that could get funds that work for us. So we're, as the company, going to apply to get those funds, take them and benefit for ourselves and not allocate that grant money to the people who actually qualified us for it in the first place. And that's just really shady. Yeah, I definitely think that that's so, that's just not something that you would you should do and as a company that's obviously has their own funds making their own money to do something to something to a company that's smaller that's just trying to make it and do something that of with their passion project to do something so vile and for them not to know for a amount of a year and a half basically is just awful experience um and then you know i thought okay this is and, and not that it was okay that it happened to this one company but i'm like okay it happened to them Let's like dive deeper and see if it happened to other companies. And apparently, and then as this article shows, it has. The Artino Blade 2 developer outright accused P-Cube of withholding payment again and publishing rights. Basically going through the argument and, you know, we'll touch the article below, not going into too much detail. The same situation basically happened. They were withholding money and then actually said that they would give the funds if the developers basically kept quiet about all of this occurring, which to me already is just so disgusting and vile as a company like you're a public face and you kind of integrated yourself in this in the community with Busta Fellows and in any game to be fair people like you trust you think this is super cool to see and then to see that you're stealing from developers it's just insane because again with publishers and stuff this stuff kind of, when you sign a detail deal, deal 
you go in with, you know, wanting your hopes to, you know, and dreams to kind of occur. And when it gets like stolen from you and you are basically left in a contract with them, like I have nothing to gain from this now. And now I'm kind of stuck with them. Like, what do you do? Nothing. You kind of walk, either walk away, take the L and any both. You kind of have to do both. So I think that's kind of just sucky. And that second one, too, I want to mention, what's crazier about that story is rather than it being like a supplementary grant situation, um, this one was almost, I don't want to say worse because that diminishes the other people's occurrence, but in this case, they were given a signing amount that they were supposed to receive for signing the publishing deal, and they only paid part of their signing amount and never paid them the rest. And that's crazy because it's like we all signed contracts that you would give me, let's say, $30,000 and you gave me $3,000. I need the extra $17,000 because now I'm locked in this contract and I don't have the money to proceed with the development, which is a huge issue. And P-Cube actually responded to that one, basically saying, like, we actually did reach out to them and try to give them payment, but they weren't responding to us, which doesn't really make sense because if someone's reaching out to you trying to give you money that you deserve you're going to be responsive so i don't know it's kind of he said she said on that one but i tend to err on the side of believing developers obviously and it they seemed like the ones that have the most to lose in the situation so yeah i don't know it's hard yeah We've like been looking into potentially publishing options since we want to release things on the Switch in the future. And PQ was one of the ones we looked at because of Best of Fellows. And Best of Fellows is getting a season two. I don't know if they're going to continue working with PQ. Maybe they had a great situation with them. But it's just scary as a developer trying to navigate your way forward with these companies because you need them. But at the same time... It just seems like if there's a way you can do it on your own, that's always the better way. So I hope that, you know, Best of Fellows doesn't go through that same thing because they're a little bit bigger of a company now. But at the same thing, even a major company, you don't want to see them get kind of screwed. It kind of reminds me of the Cooking Mama, like, debacle of things. Like That was crazy. They got, <laughs> they got screwed out of their own thing by their other team of it. So those things, these things happen all the time, even on bigger scale companies. For a company to go out publicly and say like, well, no, we try to pay them. They're just not answering. Like that's, you know, that there's no truth into that. I just don't believe that. They obviously, the first deal went through fine. So now the second one to not go smoothly and to be kind of screwed out of your money leads me to believe that like the first time they probably don't, maybe don't know what they got, you know, screwed out of. So I don't know. I just don't like shady dealings like that. And the best way to kind of teach P-Cube the lesson is to basically not continue to buy products from them. Because when you do, it just gives them the justification that they can get away with it and continue to do what they want. And then of the same token, though, the reason why that's so tough is that's hurting the indie developers that they work with. Because now they're not getting sales and they're not going to be able to keep their business afloat. But because P-Cube is leached onto these indie developers, they're now going to get a payday if we want to support said indie developers. So it's hard. I would just say sharing the news and getting the word out about it maybe will make them realize that. Because that's usually the only way is for companies to get bad press. They're not going to stop what they're doing unless they're found out and the bad press is happening. And hopefully, yeah. com- and with that word being spread, no future indie game companies are going to want to sign with them. Because I know we definitely do not want to sign with them after hearing this news. Yeah, absolutely. will not fall into that trap. So yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. 
the best way is to, I still want to obviously support all indie developers, other developers who obviously clearly work hard for the game, but definitely hammering home that P-Cube is predatory. Don't go with this and maybe hopefully it'll help them shape up when they're doing kind of just just shitty and shoddy stuff. Yeah, shape up or ship out. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of shoddy, that's going into our last topic, which is about the new Chariots game. Yeah, so okay, I just want to give a history. Chitters has been around, around for a really, really long time. I remember the first game that I've experienced with Chitters was on Steam. You had showed it to me when we were living together back long, long time ago. We still live together now, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it was when we first ever moved in together for the first time, and it was um, Dandelion. Not it was Dandelion. I love Dandelion, not just for the like romance side of it there was the interactive you can go to work you can earn money you can do go on dates you were dating the guys who were in this time bunny form and then they turned into men like i liked all that i also played nameless i liked the plot twist in it you get to go to school like all these other things and then of course the most popular mystic messenger mystic messenger i just want to say and you can obviously chime in it was so iconic the opening was iconic the music was so great the characters were all unique i liked the choices i liked that you could have the photos and i liked that you had to email people to get them to go to the party i obviously think that we've done a video about how we felt like the mc was kind of you know an airhead but i liked all of it i liked the cutscenes. i liked that it was vertical you got the messages in like the middle of the night there was so much to it and then I went into the expectation of the Zoom that it would be the same way, and that was like, I was so disappointed. Yeah, so Mystic Messenger came out in like 2015, I believe, when we last looked it up, and this was before Obey Me, this was before Mr. Love, there was, this was like the premiere, Voltage was all there was pretty much on mobile, and when this came out, it was so highly anticipated. It actually grew my channel a ton. It's the most viewed video on my channel to date is my initial playthrough of it. It has like 600,000 views or something like that. And so many people found my channel from that. I ended up having to remove like the rest of the videos after that because the company didn't want it on there. But neither here nor there, it was super popular. It like created like a whole new batch of Otome game players. I know there was a lot of Anitubers that talked about it. Um, I know Aki Dearis was one who made like a whole video about 707 and that got like millions of views. It was just huge. It was iconic. It was amazing. And because of that, they've kind of just ridden off the coattails of that success, only releasing additional content for Mystic Messenger for many, many years now. A few years after the release, though, they did announce that they were working on another project, which we've come to find out is the Zoom. It ended up taking them many years more than they said that it would initially, that they initially thought, which that can happen. That's totally fine. And Mystic Messenger was supporting them. Um, we've searched up their numbers and they made seven figures a month for a long time and even to this day make six figures a month, which is amazing on top of like merch and stuff like that's just from the game like money getting from the app and stuff like that. But the Zoom, so high, high expectations because of Mystic Messenger and it fell very, very flat for a lot of people. It was a huge thing on Otome Tweet. Everybody was tweeting their reactions to it, pissed off about the pricing of certain things. Um, I don't know if you want to go into that, like kind of the pricing model that was presented or. Yeah, so essentially there's 
when I say like nickel dime paywalls, there's they're everywhere. So you go into the game and that's its own confusing thing. But when you get to somewhere to pay, you actually have to pay for photos to unlock the photos, to view the photos in the convo, which I thought was weird. There's a subscription and it's like, I think it's $70 for three months, which I would think is totally insane. Yeah, I think the cheapest option is like 22 bucks a month is the cheapest, cheapest thing. And yeah. this is the first time, maybe I'm wrong because I don't really play Obey Me or anything, but there's not another app with a subscription service like this, is there? No, I don't think so. I, again, I'd have to like really look, but this was what like was off-putting to me with it. It was that like you would just sign up for this like in the idea that you would use that. And like, I know part of it is to get like the photos and like maybe unlock where you can have a private account. Again, I, we didn't play it long enough. I was, I was bored and I was confused and it was not user-friendly. But then like to speed up the, um, you like to speed up the conversations and stuff. But what I remember is you log into the game because you had she so Kayla texts me. So Kayla texts me and she was like, okay, so I have, I guess they released the game and I wanted to see for myself because she was like, I just don't kind of get it. And it seemed kind of boring. I logged in and I, I felt dumb because I, I just didn't understand how the controls worked, what the orbs were for. And, and then like Theo comes up there's only one person I don't know I just didn't like it I felt so overwhelmed by a game and there was no like pizzazz with it the first initial impression was the art obviously mystic messenger art is more anime style inspired um and this was this is not it's kind of more humanoid so that was something that I was like hmm this seems like a downgrade because it, it wasn't humanoid in the sense of like it wasn't high quality it's just like kind of uncanny valley for me and the other thing is, is they worked on this game since supposedly around 2017, where now in 2022 it comes out, and the only character they have is Teo, or Teo, I'm not sure how to say it, I think it's Teo, um, but, and it, it's just him, and it's just 200 days of, of content for him, so it's the chats daily for 200 days, and they're working on producing more days for him, and more characters in the background. And they basically said, we need you to give us the money for the subscriptions and stuff for us to do that. Which is crazy to me because they do make six figures a month still on Mystic Messenger alone. That's not counting Nameless and Dandelion on Steam. So, and I know they're a pretty small team. I don't claim to know everyone's financial situation, but this is public information. And I just don't see how six figures a month is not workable for you to create more characters. And you were making seven figures a month back in the day and you started in 2017. So it just seems like very, very odd. The next issue that people had is the translation is definitely a downgrade, particularly within the texts. I joined a Twitter spaces uh, led by Sailor Blurdy and she was kind of saying that she believes that the reason the texts are lower quality translation than the calls is because it's on purpose. They're trying to do like text speech where you kind of text in an ungrammatical and like poor way. But I'm not so sure that I agree with that just because, I don't know, I feel like Mystic Messenger didn't have the same issue. What are your thoughts on that? I think, yeah, like I thought about that too, like Mystic Messenger, you can have like the slang in the convos and the like, way that they have the cadence that they talk and it still be grammatically correct. I think that it was just not the same. I just don't think it was the same quality, I think, which is so insane to me because it's like the same team should have been working on it. They have all of that and they just kind of- You saw that they said a different person was working on it, like one person translated or something? 
Yeah, they said that only one person was doing the translation. So for 200 days worth of text messages, that just seems unbelievably impossible. And you know, if you go through localizations or if you're a localizer, it's actually you don't get paid that much to begin with. Yeah, the so they might have does, been kind of underpaid. Don't. And perhaps that reflected in their work. Um, but yeah, definitely no shade to the translator at all. I think it would be 100% on Chaddy's if it was not done well because they've done it well in the past. So it's just odd that it's just this one. And the call sequences, people have said great things about those. They think that the voice actor is amazing and the way that it's translated for the call sequences is very well done. So I guess that's a point for them. Um, but I think the other problem is the game is very empty feeling. While they do try to fill it up with all these extra side things that are kind of confusing, like you were mentioning the orbs and the planets and all of those things, it just feels so empty in comparison to Mystic Messenger. Mystic Messenger kicks off with that dope-ass opening song, the opening movie. This had no opening movie. I believe that it does have one, but it's like you have to go in and find it in the app. It doesn't automatically play to invite you in, which is poor marketing in my opinion. Then also the chat with Teo that you just enter into is like a tech support kind of a chat. It's not very entertaining. Mystic Messenger, you get thrown into a chat with this whole cast of characters that has amazing chemistry. It was so fun. I remember I couldn't stop playing it when I first got it. And there's people who have given up on day seven, day 15. I think we're close to a month now, I think day 26 or something. And a lot of people have dropped off of the game. So I'm very curious to see if it's going to actually be able to expand. Yeah, I just think that I think that they're just try they felt that there was just gonna be the success off of what Mystic was and that was enough. And that was that's what got everybody to download it and they didn't have to put any more effort. That's how it feels. Like I don't have to do they I know that everybody's gonna buy it anyway, because a lot of people did. That's just the truth. They had no With no marketing. I saw yeah, I saw a lot of tweets go in and saying like, I just bought the three month subscription and that was kind of it. And like Hail to the no. <laughs> I'm not buying anything until I'm like, and after you, that's fine. I've made very questionable purchases. I'm going to be very honest. I have not gotten past chapter four of the prologue of Busta Fellows, so I regret buying this game. Like, <laughs> I've never played more than about 20 minutes of the prologue of Cafe Enchante, and I'm never going to play that game. Like, I have made questionable purchases. So I'm not saying that people don't make questionable purchases. I am one of those people. However, but at I the very least, those are high quality games with a full cast of characters and way more content for way less money. So yes, thank you for being my defense counsel. But <laughs> yeah, you definitely <laughs> no, didn't make too no. questionable of a purchase. I I will say that I would just warn against people like don't buy the um, subscription until like you probably got a little bit further in. I've just seen a lot of negative. I just think that it's there should have been a lot more to the game than there was for years in the making. And I'm saying indie developers are coming up with like 12 characters and all of these things. And if they can do it in the same time and the turnaround of like a year or two, Mystic Charities could do the same thing because they have already done it in the past. You can see their track record. So if you go from Dandelion to Nameless to um, <clears throat> Mystic Messenger and to see this, it just seems lazy that they didn't they were just banking on the fact of their own popularity which is very clear from how this whole thing went they don't have to try that more and to say it's insulting to say like if you want more you have to pay for it like then either a make it a paid app so that there's more stuff in it and then do that or make perhaps it a console game like do that invest and in I an think, advertising campaign and actually push the game instead of just relying on i don't know if they were just embarrassed by the lack of content so they're not pushing for an advertising campaign yet but it's just very odd yeah, to me yeah because the game like mystic messenger still makes six figures and you can go with the, like the, the hourglass 
you know model and that's fine obviously like i'm not the huge i wasn't the hugest fan of that but i've gotten through i got through yusung zen jumin v 707 and seven like and the twin brothers so i've gone through six characters so i've obviously spent a pretty penny on mystic messenger um but it was still less because it's not just the subscription it gets deeper and worse so there's first of all subscription tiers i don't have the exact numbers but i know that i'm in the ballpark and either way even if it's 10 bucks off or five bucks off it's still horrible <laughs> Like you can spend up to upwards of like $35 a month on just the subscription to have like the most stuff. And then you can buy those items on top of it, like batteries and stuff like that when you run out. Then you can buy this Pew Pew or Pew Pew plugin, like which is the little AI bird thing that helps you out, which is like 50 or 60 bucks that you could have bought on day one that gets you even more stuff to go along with. But you, it only works if you also have a subscription. And then if you think Teo's responding too slow, you can pay $10 to shorten it from 10 minutes in between responses to seven minutes, which is a complete ripoff. <laughs> but it's just over and it's like, give us money, give us money, give us money. And it's so insane. Like it's the most microtransactions for the least amount of effort and content that I've ever seen. They could have, they, they could have obviously just taken the UI that they had already had in Mystic Messenger and then just add and plugged in and changed a few things. So like an example of this is when I built Evermore, if I wanted to do another game in the same cadence and UI, it actually is not going to cost me more money to, it'll cost us to, you know, put it on servers and like artwork and stuff but the ui itself if we did it exactly the same style we're not spending more money which they did so they have the same like chat ui so they didn't have to spend extra money so it's even more crazy to me that they're asking for this yeah so that is the tea on that and how we're not going to play the zoom if you play it if you like it cool if you don't give us your comments on like your experience with it maybe explain it a little bit more to me because i clearly don't understand yeah some of it. i just i'm not going to engage in it but that is my piece to give it this week. like a positive ender i think that people like it because <laughs> it, it i like the functionality of the fact that somebody's chatting with you I like text. I would love a text. Like, I've seen you play that text game. I like that. I like that idea. Oh, to me, chat connection. Definitely. definitely check it out if you like the concept, but you want something way better and more cost effective. Yeah, but I definitely will not indulge in the Zoom. Yeah. But now we can move into our last, uh, um, and our last, a, I can't even think of the word. Our last segment. Topic. I was trying to say segment. subject. Yeah, I guess segment works yeah. too. What we're currently playing. So this, you know, would be so fun because we've been texting each other. Like we're playing different games right now. Sometimes we play the same game at the same time, but we're in one of those vibes where we're playing completely different games, um, specifically Japanese games. So we thought it would be fun to like share with you guys our thoughts. Um, do you want to go first? Yes. So I'm between two games, but I am playing Utino Prince-sama. Right now I'm playing Repeat Love on the Switch. So if you don't, have you haven't heard a million times from me saying I'm a stan. I have every single game. So I have two of the games that are on the PSP. I have all of them on the Vita. And now they're coming and moving more to the Switch. So I have Repeat Love, Debut, All-Star on the Switch. I have, I have Amazing Aria that I'm also playing. But I obviously have no control. I like what I like about Uchino Prince games is that they're a little bit, they're just light and fun. It helps me with my Japanese. Once I get in the cadence of it, um, there's not, there's the romance side to it. And obviously the game element. I like the rhythm game. I like the choices in it. They obviously have the effect to it. I love, 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 love it. And then I'm also playing Hakuoki Sweet School Life. 
That looks so fun. If you are a fan of the Hakuoki series, you would probably like this. I was not a fan of the mainline games. I'm not really super into that period games, but then you were with me when we just randomly found it and I saw it on Amazon and I was like, oh my God, what is this? I bought it and I love the game. I love this, the all of that. So I like the modern time of it. So that's what I'll play. So yeah, that's what I'm playing. Send me screenshots so that I can like put them and show you guys. Cause I love the text box in that. I love the little flip phone. The color scheme is like very you and I, like we love blue and pink. So yeah, yeah it's super fun. Um, I'm playing a little bit of older games right now. So I have a 2DS, a Japanese 2DS and it's backwards compatible so it can play DS games. And I bought three of them. So I bought Tokimeki Memorial Girl Side, um, second season. So there was the first one and the second one and the third one that are all on the DS. And the fourth one is actually for the Switch. But this one had the characters that I liked the most. The characters looked the most interesting. I'm currently going for the homeroom teacher. Surprise, surprise. Um, he's super cute. He reminds me of Masaomi so much. Um, then I also got Angelique Duet which is just the original Angelique game, only you can also play as your rival. So it's basically um, about a girl who gets sent up into the heavens and she meets with a queen who's currently losing her powers. So they need to train up a new queen. Um, so they have her and Rosalia, which is a girl from a wealthy family. And then you play as Angelique, who's just kind of a normal girl. And you guys um, are can become friends during it. You can kind of try and attack each other's efforts. Um, it's a lot of gameplay and like stat building. You kind of go meet with the different gods. All of the guys are guardians of different things, different zodiac signs. So they, which they don't necessarily match the things that they're doing, but sometimes it does like Scorpio's um, god of dark. And then the Leo character is god of light. And you have them bring those different elements into these little cities that you're building up. And if you can successfully build up a little it's more like a planet. If you can build up your planet the best as compared to Rosalia, you will be um, the honor of queen. And then you can choose to rule by yourself. You can choose to rule with Rosalia as your assistant um, because you guys are good friends. Or you can choose to like romance one of the characters. And it, this is like a piece of history. We're going to play it together when she gets back in town because it's the first Ochimi game. And the girl who made it is a boss babe. She had the first... Um, section of Koei that was all female developers and developing a game for the women's market. They called it a neo romance game back in the day, not Otome game. But yeah, it basically spurred an entire genre of Otome. And then the last one I'm currently playing, I don't have a box for it because it was secondhand, of course, but I have like a little picture of it you can see on there. But it's Misupuri, which is Miss Princess, and it's also by Koei Tecmo. And it's basically aimed at a younger audience. So it's like an Otome game for a younger audience. So it's easy vocab if you're learning Japanese. And you basically are a girl who really wants to be in this Miss Princess contest. But it's the last year that you can do it. It's your last year of middle school. And you don't have money to do it because you need to have a butler. But you save this older woman from a purse snatcher. And she wants to thank you so she allows you to utilize the butlers at the school that she works for so yeah i haven't gotten too much into that one yet but those are the games they're so fun yeah it sounds super fun and yeah we're gonna text about it and then we'll probably have an update video of like everything that we've been playing again and just doing that so yeah so that yeah i want to say too like about the games we're playing now you may have noticed a theme all of them have gameplay elements a little bit in it except for maybe sweet school life does that one 
I don't know. I haven't gone far enough to know. <laughs> I don't think so. Would... Yes, it does. It has, like, the text and stuff in it. Oh, so it has a like, little stuff to do. Yeah. Um, we just really like that. Um, I kind of want to shout out here, take this opportunity, because one of the reasons we're doing this is to research for the revamp of Snowkissed Romance. And yes. we definitely want to have gameplay elements in that. If you saw our interview with um, Blurdy Otome on uh, Twitch, I will link it below. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. We go into a little bit more detail on our plans for that. Um, but yeah, we made a Ko-Fi account to support the revamp and kind of pace it up because it's going to take us a long time to pay for all the assets on our own. Um, but if you guys want to support and help out, it can hopefully get here sooner to you guys. We have a lot of great ideas for that. So yeah, check out our Ko-Fi link and consider purchasing us a little coffee, Ko-Fi. Yeah, and uh, I, th I think that's it. That is for it today for on this, this episode. <laughs> this is like a little bit of a shorter episode. It's like 40 minutes. Um, but yeah, still podcast <laughs> shorter. <like> shorter <laughs> for compared to how long was our um, even if Tempest? Even if it was like almost two hours, it's pretty long. That was crazy. Um, but our next one's gonna be yeah. long too, because the one after this that you guys are going to be seeing is Dreamy Days in West Tokyo. Yeah, full we're boy ring. Finally, <laughs> we're finally getting to that one. We are trying to catch up on all of ours. But yeah, so please leave your comments below on how you feel about the PQ, the Zoom as well as Arcana and what you've experienced. If you've played any of those games, other than the P-Cube, obviously, but if you've played Arcana, if you've played the Zoom and you have a different viewpoint, or if you have the same viewpoint, definitely comment below. Let us know your thoughts. We love talking to you guys. So yeah, I guess until next time. Bye. Bye. Want more Latte and Foam? Check out youtube.com forward slash at Latte and Foam. That's L-A-T-T-E-A-N-D-F-O-A-M for more videos featuring Kayla and Yana discussing Otome, anime, manga, and more. And don't forget to check out our latest Otome game, My Love For You Is Evermore. Search Evermore on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to enjoy.